0: Let's give the Lord a good hand, will you, please? I'm talking about Jesus. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Hare Krishna. I'm talking about Jesus. Come on, lift your hands one more time and just give him worship and praise. And Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. worship him. You really think I don't know where you're at. You think what you're going through I can't take care of. You really think that I set the stars, I set the moon, I set the earth in its place. I know where you're at and I will meet that need. Come on, worship him. (laughs) I will meet that need. Worship him. Lift your hands, lift your hands. He's not done yet, he's not done yet. Worship him, worship him, worship him. Worship him, worship him. Worship him, I say worship him. There's more of him in this room than what you can imagine. There's not a 10% Jesus or a 50% Jesus. We've got more than 50% of Him here. We've got the entire Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? That means that nobody that is sick will leave sick. We've got Him entirely here, come on. I just read this morning that He healed everybody perfectly. How many of you have come to a meeting that's gonna be perfect? perfect. When he's in the house, he does not leave anything incomplete. If you believe God can heal this morning perfectly, just raise your hands and say, you're in a meeting where things can happen and it'll become perfect. Come on, Father, we worship you. We we thank you for Jesus, your son. We thank you that we can sense you in the worship. And we give you praise. And we thank you, Lord, that we're on the threshold. We're on the threshold. We're on the threshold. We're standing on a threshold. We're standing on a threshold, and we're looking into something miraculous. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Don't go too far, okay, brother? (laughs) It's such an honor to be with you again. I'm, I'm so grateful to the Lord for Pastor Michael. He's not of my generation. He's of a later generation. But what blesses me about him is that I've seen many of his generation turning their back on the Holy Spirit. But I'm so grateful that we have Michael Oldfield, a young leader that is saying, we will not turn our back on the Holy Spirit. That's why there's hope for the, for the younger generation. Amen. Hallelujah. We give God praise. Just grateful to uh, know that Pastor Tim Oldfield, I had a meal with him last night, and uh, I will never forget him and Becky, so uh, it's great to be here. <clears throat> Tonight, we're going to maybe flow in the prophetic healing, just as the Lord wants us to do. Uh, Pray for us this Wednesday, 4 p.m. I have a Zoom call with leaders, and we need to uh, pick up the mantle again regarding the upper room. But there is uh, leaders from the Assemblies of God, Church of God, and even Pentecostal Holiness, and then others that want us to do Upper Room for all the evangelists in America that comes out of all these, uh, these denominations to empower the evangelists again in America. So this Wednesday, we're going to have a call and we need to make a final decision so that we can announce the next four Upper Room conferences that will come and that will take place. And we, we cannot wait longer than Wednesday. So pray for Wednesday that God will give us clarity Uh, so that we can make the decision and then bring the whole globe together at the end of the day. That's a very important thing. We're living in a day where things have shifted globally. We know what happened in Europe with a war, how Russia attacked Ukraine, and please do not get used to that. Please do not allow your senses to tell you that, well, that's a war. It doesn't affect us. We live in, all live in the same globe, and God has put man upon this globe, not on the moon, but on this, air, on this globe, and we are one global family, and um, we are about to see storms. We've seen a pandemic storm the last two and a half years. Uh, We have now seen the war. And there's a lot of mad people in this world that can put their finger on the wrong wrong button and destroy the whole world. But in spite of the negative things that we see, we're also getting ready to see the glory of God in a much greater way. And I'm, I'm not doing cheap talk. This morning I'm going to talk to you a little bit about storms. Tonight I'm not going to preach. I'm just, we're just going to flow with the Holy Ghost and maybe even this morning. Um, I even feel like not even going into too much detail of storms. But there's, diff- there's different kind of storms that you will find in the Bible. Not, I'm not talking about today's storms. I'm talking about storms that happen in the Bible. And you will every time you will see that God gets involved... So God is not afraid of your storms. But then the the final storm that I want to say a few things about is the inexplainable storm. These unexplainable things that happen in your life, but these unexplainable things that happen in the globe. And when I looked at the unexplainable storm in the word of God, and we will get there, that's the final one I will talk about. I saw the supernatural visitation of God in that storm, It's almost like God is saying, I will allow the devil to do what he wants to do, but then I will counter, I will counter what he's doing, and I will come in with a greater glory. And I believe that we're going to see many storms in the world. We are in the end times. The pandemic is one of those signs, but we will see the glory of the Lord, and then ultimately the devil will get tired And the glory of the Lord will hit the earth and we will see a great awakening that will come out of intense storms. And in the great awakening, we're going to see incredible worship. So if there is already a spirit of worship coming over your church every now and then, don't just think it's a one-time thing. It is a preparation for the great awakening because when the glory of the lord will be demonstrated people will break out in worship that you will not see every day um and that is even biblical so get ready for a demonstration it's god against evil and we know who wins in the end and i'm not talking about winning by going to heaven i'm talking about winning by seeing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the earth that we've never seen in history. Uh, in December of this year, I was home and I spoke to the Lord and asked him many questions. And, and the Lord said to me a strange thing. He said to me, I want you to be like a modern day Moses. I said, what does that mean? The Lord says, don't say much, just do. Um, and and, and just say what I say. So I'm not here to impress you with preaching. I'm, I'm just here to, to say what's coming. I really feel that we have come to a very critical moment where we're going to see the glory of the Lord and evil demonstrated, and then we're going to see who wins in front of our eyes. Amen. How many of you are ready for this incredible show that's coming where the Holy Spirit will have the final say? <laughs> I hope I've articulated it correctly the way that I feel the Holy Spirit is telling me how to say it. Now, again, I'm not going to spend too much time on all these storms. Uh, but storms is difficult, challenging, and it, and it has to do with uncertain times. How many of you know that we live in uncertain times? Uh, <clears throat> and um, the ocean of life has storms. No one is excluded. What happens in Ukraine? Uh, affects us it affects the whole globe uh, we just saw what the pandemic does, has done the last two and a half years they just had storms physical storms in South Africa that they've never had in history uh, it broke all records in history so um, we are getting ready for the greatest harvest the world has ever seen and I love it because God is in control Let me just say this. The awakening is not going to happen like anything you've seen before. You you cannot do a study on previous revivals and have an idea of what's coming. What's coming is going to be incredible. Uh, It's going to become very much different. Okay, so we have individual storms. We have corporate storms. We have global storms. We have... Uh, We have figurative storms. Um, When I talk about storms, I'm not necessarily talking about bad weather outside there. I'm talking about uh, things that's happening in the spirit world. And uh, Pastor Michael said something key, that God has put potter's house in this city for a specific purpose. And I believe that God is going to have a potter's house in every city. It will not be called potter's house, but there will be a specific church in every city that will, that will break loose in worship like you've never seen before. And I'm saying it again, you're going to see incredible worship in the awakening. Because as the glory of the Lord becomes visible in what God will do, even in physical bodies in front of our eyes, uh, worship will break loose because people will react by worshiping. And uh, so when worship breaks loose, even in this church to the point that you cannot preach, do not be surprised. And do not be surprised that when the worship is all said and done, you will hear of healings that took place that nobody even called out. Healings that took place that you did not even know of people having needs sitting in pews. It's just going to happen. I absolutely know it's going to happen, and it's going to happen sooner than later. Okay, so the Bible talks about storms. We find Jesus in storms in the Bible. Uh, Storms are not all the same, and we have different reasons for storms. And I don't want to spend too much time on all the reasons, but the first storm I just want to refer to, and uh, that is Jonah. We all know about Jonah. And don't worry, I want to read some scriptures. I know you are a scripture-based church, so you seek a scripture right in the beginning of every sermon. Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to break away from that. But Jonah. Jonah, two, three pages in the Bible about Jonah, and it's all about a man that's disobedient and he landed up in a storm. Now, let me just say this first and foremost. Never judge someone else's storm because you never know what they go through. Uh, Be careful to come to a conclusion about what somebody else has done wrong and now they have a storm. Uh, Unless you have gone through that same storm, you have no idea what another another person is going through. So there are unexplainable storms. There are storms that comes out of disobedience. Uh, and, And Jonah was one of those. He was disobedient to the voice of God. He received the word for Nineveh the capital city of the Assyrian people. And Jonah left Joppa, which was Tel Aviv. And what did he do? He did not go to where God has sent him. And he was basically disobedient. And the Bible says in verse 4, Jonah 1, 4 says, And the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea. So now the Lord is involved. Now, this was a storm that came out of disobedience, but the Lord sent the wind. So let me help you. Don't try to do your own thing. God knows how to get you back on track. Uh, I call that the wind of grace. God sent the wind of grace. Sometimes when God sent the wind or a circumstance in your life, it's because He doesn't like the direction you're going into. And uh, so He send the grace wind, <laughs> and ultimately He will bring you back to where He wants you to be. And uh, they found out, or let me just say this, you cannot flee from the presence of God. You cannot flee from the presence of God. Let me make this statement, it just comes to mind. There's even churches in America that has gone seeker sensitive, they still preach the word of God, but they do not allow the Holy Spirit wind to blow over the scriptures. You can flee from Pentecost, but you can never flee forever. God will restore the wind of Pentecost in this nation because that's the only power that will reach the world. So this man fled, and the Lord got a hold of him. They did some uh, uh, dicing on the ship, and they found out that he is a Hebrew child. And you know what happened. They threw him out of the ship, and, uh, and peace came to the ship, and God ultimately got Jonah back on track. Now, again, I don't want to spend much on Jonah. It's a very negative story, and uh, I don't want to spend too much on that. But um, he admitted who he was. When you look at Samson, Samson, same story, anointed by God, uh, a mighty man of God, revealed to Delilah what is the secret of his power. Ultimately, he lost his eyes. And then we find him between two pillars, where he said to the Lord once more with one blow, let me take vengeance over my enemies. And the Lord gave him victory, but he lost his eyes. So let us not be disobedient and pay a penalty and then end our lives in obedience, but we die with without eyes. But that is the story about Samson. I actually wanted to go to uh, Mark chapter 4, and then I'm going to go to... Uh, uh, Acts chapter 27, and then I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 14, and then we will be done about 3 o'clock this afternoon, and, uh, and then we'll come back at 6, amen? So uh, thank you. You need to prepare for awakening services. Awakening services, the worship will go on for hours, because you will not be able to stop the people. They will, worship will break out without the leading from the platform even. I'm telling you, get ready. There's worship that's going to break loose from the pews that the platform will have no option but to follow the pews. That's how strong worship will become because the glory of the Lord will bring a worship out of a people that we've never seen before. Okay, you don't believe me, it's going to happen. I'm telling you. So um, let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And on the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, this is a satanic storm. Uh, The the Jonah storm was a storm of disobedience. But this is a satanic storm. There is storms that's purely designed by Satan. Uh, Jesus said, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude... They took him into the boat, and uh, the little boats was with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So here we have Jesus saying, let's go to the other side. It was towards the evening. It's nighttime. They're going into onto a water. And when you go onto the water in the middle of the night, you lose all your markers. You lose your identity. And, and most, many, many times when you're in a storm, you will lose your markers. You will lose your identity. The, and, 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 and the devil is at his best when it's in the middle of the night. That's when he will come 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, give you certain dreams and tell you what's going to go wrong in your life because you have no markers. That's why every morning when you wake up, you always feel better after you had that dream and you realized it was not God. Now, storms. There was never storms up till Adam and Eve. There will never be storms in heaven. But we have storms on the earth, figurative storms, and we will not be without it, but God is ready to show off His glory versus what the devil has to show off. So um, here we have a storm, and the Bible says there in verse um, 37, and a great windstorm arose. That word arose is a storm when when things catch you off guard. How many of you know that sometimes in your walk with the Lord, something happened and you were just caught off guard and you just say, I did not expect this. This is unexpected. We all have that. That word arose, that word arose actually speaks towards that when things catch you off guard. Now, remember, Jesus is in this boat. So, that tells me that the devil is not afraid to attack anything, even if Christ is in it. You carry Christ. Christ is in us. Christ is in the church. It doesn't mean he will never attack us. He will attack us. Uh, that is when something abnormal arises. Jesus rebuked the wind. The word rebuke, when Jesus rebuked the wind, is the same word that Jesus used when he rebuked demons. See, here we have Jesus rebuking wind that he created. That tells me the devil will try and turn something godly into something satanic. Because Jesus had to discern, this is not the wind I created originally. This is a different kind of wind. Satan is in this wind. Now, why was Satan in that wind? Because Satan was actually coming after Jesus. Now let me say a few things. The insurance companies call storms the acts of God. When they cannot explain something, they call it the acts of God. They blame it on God. God is now the creator of disasters. It's not the truth. You must understand that the devil tried about 67 times to kill Jesus before the crucifixion. Why? Because Jesus carried holy blood. Jesus carried the only one that carried the blood that was needed for salvation for the human race. And the devil decided, I need to drown him because I don't want to see that blood spilled because when that blood is spilled, it's over. Come on. So he tried to attack Jesus And remember, Jesus himself said in verse uh, uh, 35, he said, Let us cross over to the other side. Everybody say the other side. Now, what was on the other side? And we're not going to talk about the other side. The other side, there was a demonic territory where a man that was demon-possessed was in control. So when the devil attacked that boat, Jesus in the boat... He never wanted Jesus to reach the other side because he knew if he gets to the other side, he's going to clean up the whole region. That's why we will see demonic attacks in these days, because the body of Christ is on her journey to an, to an, an, an other side, a place where we will arrive where God is going to use the body of Christ to clean up regions. This come on church. We will not have church as usual for too much longer. We will, we are on a mission, and every attack is a confirmation that there is an other side. And, and I want to encourage each one of you that when you are under attack, you need to know your future is bright. That's why you are under attack. And now, when you go to the other side, you will notice there that Uh, The moment Jesus got out of that boat, the superintendent of the church of God met him right there. You don't call it the superintendent. No. Do you know? It was a demon that met him. You see, when Christ arrives, the demons are the first people that will know it. And we need to become the body of Christ so that Satan will know again our days are numbered in certain regions. Potter's house need to be a place that will serve notice that your days are numbered in the region of Columbus, Ohio. Because Satan, the, the demon-possessed man, and I'm not going to go into the detail. Go read it yourself. He went and he, he greeted Jesus first. Uh, the moment Jesus got out of that boat. And you know what happened there because in verse, uh, I think it is in verse 15... Um, no it's not verse 15, in the Bible yeah verse 15, in the Bible says and they all came to Jesus and they saw Jesus sitting there and they saw the demon possessed man sitting there and the Bible says and he was sitting clothed in his right mind that man was never sitting that man was naked all the time that man was not in his right mind but when Christ is done with a region Everything will come back to a sitting position, everything will be clothed, and everybody will be back in their right mind. We are living in a day where America has lost her mind. We have now things that they try us to believe uh, that we need to embrace that we cannot embrace because the church is the only people that still have the mind of Christ, But when Jesus is done with the region, come on church, the reason we are in a storm is because not too long from now, we will have things back sitting clothed in righteousness in their right mind. I look forward to the day when Disneyland will come back to her right mind. Come on church, it's time that we have Jesus back To rule and reign. We're talking about storms. But God will turn every storm into something good. Give God radical praise. James 4 verse 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The Bible says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Three things. It doesn't say resist the devil. We are so quick to resist the devil, but we do not submit to God. You see, the reason why we do not have the demon fleeing is because there's not a lot, a lot of submission. We need to get the submission back, and then with that, the devil will flee. Okay. Let's go to Acts chapter 27. I have skipped a lot of things that I wanted to say that I feel not to say. But the next chapter is 20, twenty-seven. We have a storm, and you know the story about the apostle Paul, who's going to be on a ship here. And those days, you do not sail on the Mediterranean Ocean in the winter. Paul knew that, but Paul was a prisoner, and they put him on the ship. And Paul warned them, and he said, "Gentlemen, we should not go on this ocean." Because we could lose our ship and we could lose our life. And uh, you can read the story. It's actually a beautiful story. Paul was the prisoner. You will notice in verse 9, Paul warned them. They did not listen to him. When you go to verse 22 and 23, you will see Paul spoke to them again. And he says, the Lord spoke to me tonight. An angel of the Lord whom I serve appeared to me. You can read about the angel in verse 21, 22, 23. Very interesting that an angel visited Paul and he said to him, you will not lose your life because you must stand before Caesar. And and the angel never spoke to the captain of the ship. The angel never spoke to the owner of the ship. Maybe it was the same person. The angel spoke to the man on the ship that had a mandate from heaven. Come on. Come on. You see, the ship's future and the future of the people on the ship was not in the hand of the captain. It was in the hand of the man who served the living God. And the angel said to him, I will save you and I will save 276 men that sail with you, but you will lose the ship. So when Paul said to them in verse 26, we will lose the ship, but we will not lose life, they listen to to him because now they are in the storm it 's amazing how the voice of Christianity is ignored when everything is just honky dory. Come on, america is doing well, stock market is doing well, house market is up. voice of the church is not worth much i 'm waiting for the storm to come because they will run. Not to the prime ministers and the presidents. They will run to the men and the women that has a mandate from heaven. And they will say, tell us about your God. Tell us about the future. Because we're going to lose our ship. There's the whole story. So now they listen to Paul. But now they're out of the will of God. Paul warned them. When you go to chapter 28, you will see a beautiful story there. Bible says they found out in verse 1, it was the island Malta. They did not even know it's Malta. Sometimes storms will spit you out in places you never planned to go to. They found out it's Malta. And uh, you will read the story there how Paul, it was raining, it was cold, and he made a fire. And a snake came out and bit him by the hand. Amazing that the snake did not bite any one of the 276 men that were on the ship. The snake bit the one who also had an angelic visitation. Can you see, Satan will always attack the person who carries the threat. But when the angel already said to him, you're going to stand before Caesar, the bite of Satan can do you no harm. Because the Bible says they watched him and they said, oh, he must be a murderer. It's no wonder the snake bit him by the hand. When he did not swell up and die, they said, oh, he must be a god. You see, that's the world. They have no opinion. They just change their opinion like from one day to the other day. But the power of God, when Paul did not die, they said, he must be a God. No, he's just a man of mandate. And then what happened is, Paul ultimately prayed for a leading citizen on the island, and God healed him. And then they brought all the sick, and Paul prayed for them, and God healed all the sick. So now God turned a journey that was never ordained by God into a miracle. You see, sometimes God will use negative situations in your life to bring you to a place of sweetness and breakthrough because He's a gracious God. Malta means honey. Malta today is still one of the most populated places on the earth with church buildings. Why? It's as if the footprint of the Apostle Paul still sits on that island since the day of Acts chapter 27. Come on, church. God is going to use us again to leave a footprint for many that will follow us. How many of you believe God can turn a journey that you had no control over into something sweet and turn a storm into a healing crusade? Do not get excited because it's not really that good. Let's try one more. We're going to go to Mark, not Mark, but Matthew chapter 14. This is the unexplainable storm. So you have a storm that comes out of disobedience. You have a satanic storm. You have storms caused by other people. You have storms that brings opportunities like Acts chapter 28. The storm of chapter 27 brought an opportunity. So sometimes negative things in your life will breed an opportunity for God to demonstrate His power. And that's why I feel so strong that we will see much evil in these days. We will see it in America. We will see it in other nations. Uh, we've, see, we've seen it every day now on the news. But that is a confirmation to me that God says, I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, watch this Matthew or, yeah, Matthew chapter 14. In Matthew chapter 14, just before we go to verse 22, you must understand Jesus just multiplied the bread to 5,000 people. 5,000 people received bread. Amazing. When you go to the cross, there's only three people. Or uh, three people at, at, at the, at the uh, uh, Gethsemane. And one person at the cross. The closer you get to the cross, the less people. You see, America loves bread conferences. We all come to the bread conferences. Where we can buy the t-shirt and get a nice word. Oh, we love the bread. How about Gethsemane? How about the cross? Come on, church. We thank God for the bread. But let's go with him to Gethsemane. And let's go with him to the cross. Don't be just bread people. Don't just be people that want another, another nice word. I'm going to get a new car and I'm going to have another child and I'm going to have a new husband. No, you're not going to have a new husband. You're going to keep the one that you have. Don't come to me for another husband. I don't do those kind of prophecies. Come on. Sorry, I'm just helping somebody that's not here. <laughs> but Jesus fed the 5000 people, but something powerful is now going to happen. Verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Now it's different. In Mark 4, Jesus said, Let us cross over to the other side, us. This time, Jesus is not involved. This time, he sends the disciples into a boat, but he's not joining them. Come on. This is the unexplainable storm. This is where you do not have answers for your problems. Jesus made his disciples get into the, wo- into, into the boat. That word made in the original language is a strong word. It is almost as if the disciples were not willing to get into the boat. Remember, Jesus is human, but he's also God. He knew exactly what was coming. And God is now preparing them for a supernatural moment. But He first needs to separate Himself from His disciples just for a while so that He can demonstrate to them what the supernatural looks like versus darkness. He made them go into that boat. He made them. It doesn't say He asked them. It doesn't say he insisted, it doesn't say he suggested, he made them. There's an unwillingness on the side of the disciples, it's evening. The water and the mountains and the natural landscape is a breeding ground for the perfect storm. Jesus knew it and the disciples knew it. That's why... He had to f- make them go into that boat. And uh, strange thing, the Bible says, while he sent the multitudes away, uh, and uh, he made them go into the boat before him, before him to the other side. You go ahead, go before me to the other side. And then the next verse says, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up the mountain to pray. God his God he chooses to send his disciples onto that ship evening evening dark he goes on the mountain to pray strange that's a prophetic picture of where you and I will find ourselves sometimes we are in a situation we're on a piece of water we've lost our markers we've lost our our signs of identification The lighthouse is gone. Suddenly, a wind arose. Because the Bible says, And the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind was contrary. That's verse uh, 26, 25, 24. Boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, and the wind is contrary. And the Bible says, In the fourth watch, something happened. Now, the fourth watch... It's early in the morning. The fourth watch is that hour the devil believed he's in control. So here we have the disciples in a boat. Jesus forced them to go into the boat. They're in the middle of the night. They've lost their markers and he is praying. Unexplainable. Where is God? That's where we are now. There's more and more the question that comes forth from churches, leadership. People, believers, where is God? Why does God allow Ukraine to be attacked like that? Why does evil have her way or, uh, f- from Russia? It's evil. Church, don't, don't, don't tell me it's not evil. That's what evil does. Why? What's going on in the world? Why the pandemic? Why the incredible storm just now in South Africa? Where is God? Don't lose sight. God is still in control. Sometimes we learn how to depend on God in difficult times more than what we've learned to depend on God in good times. Eleven years ago, I asked the Lord a question when the Lord spoke to me about the upper room and what needs to happen in the body of Christ. I said to the Lord, the church will never become a house of prayer. Remember the Bible says, my house will be called a house of prayer. Not a house of sermons. Come on. A house of prayer. It's not that God, God is not against preaching. I mean, preaching is absolutely godly. Prophesying is absolutely what God wants. But God wants a house of prayer. And I say to the Lord, we will, the American church will never do that. And the Lord said to me, I know how to bring the American church back to her knees. And sometimes it is unexplainable things that will begin to happen. And in the moment of the unexplainable, we will have a visitation because what happened now? The Bible says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Jesus now walks on water that is stormy. You see, when Jesus sent them into the water... He was Jesus in the human flesh. When Jesus walked on the water, it's God. Jesus visited them as God, the supernatural. We all want to see the supernatural. We all believe the our great awakening is going, about, going to be about the supernatural. What will go ahead of the supernatural is a storm. A storm, the fourth watch, will be the will be the perfect setting for God to come down from heaven and demonstrate supernatural visitations. Come on, a diamond look at its best when you give a diamond a black background. When you go to Africa and they, you look at diamonds, they always put it on a black. Background so that you can see the glittering diamond at, at, the, at its best and you can appraise that diamond. And I want to say to you, I cannot say to you there's a great peace coming to the earth. I cannot say to you we will never see blood shed again. I cannot say to you that everything will just go hunky dory in America. But I can say to you that in the midst of hell and in the midst of sickness and diseases and curse and in the midst of the devil throwing his final tantrum we will get a visitation from heaven and we will get a visitation of God himself and the supernatural will come. Come on church. And the devil will run himself out of breath and we will see the greatest miraculous demonstration of healings and miracles in this hour coming. It's not a good hour. It's going to be a dark hour. It's going to be a dangerous hour. But I'm warning you, the glory of the Lord is not afraid of what hell has to offer. Because 2,000 years ago, God already planned this whole thing out. And Potter's house, you will see healings and miracles and signs and wonders beyond what you can tell. It was in the storm that Peter walked on water. You can read it for yourself. He was in that boat. It was in that storm that Peter walked on water. And I want to say to all of you your best walk is not going to go, or it's not going to come when everything is peaceful. So don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. I'm going to try and get my best sleep tonight. And if I don't sleep well, I'm going to try my best and try and get another good one tomorrow night. I'm not afraid. I'm going to live in peace. Because you will notice in Mark chapter 4 that when that storm came, Jesus was at the stern of the boat sleeping. God is not upset by Satan. God is not afraid of what Satan is about to do, because God knows that my glory will outshine his glory. God knows I am in control. The fourth watch was a dark hour, and Jesus visited the church in Matthew 14 in the fourth watch. He could have done it in the first, second, and third watch, but he waited for the fourth watch. The darkest hour. Actually, they believed that the fourth watch belonged to Satan. That's what they believed those days. That's why when they saw Jesus on the ocean, they even said, it is a ghost. Change your confession in the fourth watch. Do not allow CNN, ABC, MSNBC, Fox News, do not allow them to determine the atmosphere in your home. Come on. Do not allow them to determine the praise and worship in your home. They said, it is a ghost. I will not say what Fox News says. I will not say what the news stations say. I will say what the Lord is saying. There is a visitation of God's glory coming in this hour. No matter what the news station says. Hallelujah. It's time to prepare for the greatest supernatural manifestation of the Holy Ghost the world has ever seen. We will walk in places where we've never walked before. We will soar like eagles where we have never soared before. Say after me, the greatest hour may be dark, but the greatest hour will be lit up by the Holy Ghost. Say it again the greatest hour in the earth may be dark, but the greatest, darkest hour will be lit up by the Holy Ghost. What did Jesus say? Jesus said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I hallelujah. Be of good cheer, you will not die from cancer. Be of good cheer, you will not die before your time. The unexplainable storm is the storm where God plans to show a demonstration of who He is. I'm going to send them into this ocean. I'm going to force them to go. Oh, (laughs) I can just see how God is forcing the whole globe. To go into a certain direction. I'm going to push them to where I want them to be. And just when they think all hell is going to break loose. I will come from the mountain. And I will not be flesh. I will act as God. When I walk on what they cannot walk on. And they will see with their natural eye what supernatural power looked like in the natural world. If you believe your unexplainable moment will become your best moment, come to the altar. If you believe your unexplainable challenge will become your best challenge ever, come to the altar. I'm going to pray for you. Come on. Thank you. Can I get my friend there? Thank you. The unexplainable. The unexplainable. The unexplainable. How many of you have felt that you're in a situation and you don't know how you got there? How many of you say, I'm in a boat and I'm rowing? Come on. Matthew 14. They are rowing. It's dark. No mockers. They are rowing. Where is Jesus? Peter, where is He? Mark, where is He? We cannot row anymore. Why did He go to pray? Many of you are rowing. It's difficult to row. Many of you You've lost your strength. You, you lost your power. The battle to make it financially. You're rowing. You've lost your markers. You don't know where the land is. You feel like, where's God? Why did he why why, why doesn't he show up? He's waiting for the fourth watch. In Mark 4, he was in the boat. In Mark. Matthew 14, he decided, I'm going to visit them, not from inside. This time, I'm going to surprise them. I'm going to come to them in a way they've never seen me. Come on, George. Remember, they've never seen him walk on water. And just when they think they're going to drown, Jesus decided, Today, I'm going to show them God. Today, I'm going to show them what God looks like in the fourth watch. And when he came to that boat, you will notice there that when he got into the boat and the wind stormed, the wind stopped, the Bible says they all came and they worshipped him worship now broke loose in the ship in the middle of the water. That's why I'm telling you when the supernatural is revealed, we're going to see automatic worship break loose. We will not be able to stop the people. If you sit in the pews and a cancer fall out of your body, on the carpet it happened one day in south africa when the cancer jumped a man was sitting in a meeting in still south africa and he was sitting on the pew and he with one arm laying on the pew on, on on the back of the pew like this and there was a piece of cancer sitting in his arm and the next moment it jumped out of the arm and fell on the carpet wait come on church go and read Matthew 14 the Bible says he healed everybody he healed everybody no it's not Matthew 14 yeah it says there in verse 36 and they came and they begged him because they they went to the other side and, and, and he healed everybody and he made everybody perfectly well as long as that thing sits on your arm it's not perfect But the moment the supernatural comes in, what happened here? The moment that happened, worship broke loose in the pew. Do you believe this, church? Say this, my unexplainable storm is where I will see the glory of the Lord in a way I've never seen it before. You have unexplainable things. You have things that when you come to me, you say, can you give me the answer on this one, Pastor Andre? I say, I I have no idea. I'm so sad to tell you, I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm, I'm so sad to tell you that sometimes He made me do things How many of you have been in that position at least once in your life where you've done something and you know it's the Lord, but you cannot explain it? Raise your hands. How many of you are in the middle of a situation now where you felt God made you do it, but you still don't know why? Can I tell you, I'm going to be on a call on Wednesday and and then I'm going to do some other things regarding the upper room and it's something that God made me do that I do not really want to do but all I know is that just maybe just maybe just just maybe if it's God brother David just maybe there's going to come a moment that somebody will come and walk towards us and we will see a move of the Holy Ghost just maybe if I die in the fourth watch I die but just maybe he will come from the mountain and he will walk towards me and he will say the reason I forced you is because I wanted to show you something you did not know I can do the reason i forced you is because i wanted you to be in trouble so that i can show you that i am so powerful i can do my best demonstration in the devil's hour the fourth watch that's why with this war in ukraine and all hell breaking loose it's the hour of darkness and god says this is my opportunity, let it grow darker, let it even get worse, I don't care, I'm God, I will lit it up with a supernatural demonstration, oh, I pray, oh, I pray, Mr. Putin is preparing Russia for an invasion of the Holy Ghost, and he doesn't know it, He doesn't know it. You can block your people on television. You can block their internet. But you cannot block the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you church. We are getting ready for a demonstration of the Holy Spirit, I've never seen before. But now I want to pray for people who say, I'm in a situation I cannot explain. Close your eyes. Pray after me. Say, supernatural. God called Jesus. You know where I am, you know my life. I don't have answers. My pastor cannot help me. My best friends cannot help me. But I come to you this morning. And I say, Lord, I believe my greatest moment is just ahead of me. Say, I expect a visitation from heaven before I drown.